Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, I'm feeling vindicated this morning. Man, I listened to Hero. I listened to Vindicated. I listened to every Spider-Man like credit song on the way to this movie. But yes, today we are reviewing completely spoiler free. So the only things we will mention are things that were in the trailers. So uh, just to get that out off the top. But we are reviewing John Watts' Spider-Man No Way Home uh, starring Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Jacob Batalon, uh, John Favreau, Marissa Tomei. Um, and more uh eric it's been um a long wait i remember we were recording i think when we heard the news about doc ock coming back and i remember that just blowing my mind at the time going how the hell are they gonna make that work um and i'll just kick it off so again like i said completely spoiler free we're not even really gonna go into the plot like again uh, we want you guys to go in as fresh as possible to this movie. If you're listening to this um, beforehand, which I know many people might, um, you know, uh, we I, I only want to mention things that are in trailers, but um, and kind of give our impressions of if it lived up to those expectations, how we felt, um, not maybe go into details per se. Um, but we are planning on doing a complete, you know, spoiler cast like we've done in for other movies in the past over on the conversations channel and on YouTube and things like that. So uh, make sure you're subscribed to Untitled Movie Podcast. Just find us on YouTube or on uh, Untitled Movie Conversations on podcast services, and then you'll find that spoiler cast, which will probably drop right on Friday as the movie releases. Um, Eric, I'll kick it off, man. Like, um, uh, for context for people who maybe you're listening to for the first time or people who have listened for a long time know how much of a Spider-Man fan I think both of us are. I think we've always talked about that Spider-Man and Batman, you know, growing up from the DC and Marvel sides were I think a lot of people our ages like favorite superheroes. We grew up with the 90s animated series. I read a lot of Spider-Man comics growing up. And then, you know, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, I just remember not only being i think the catalyst or the kickoff to um you know x-men as well but spider-man specifically i feel like was you know the beginning of a new era for superhero movies and i think is the one that kind of rocketed us to where we are today in um for superhero movies and even for movies in general for me those rammy rammy spider-man movies i just like those are the movies i remember first getting so 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 excited for and lining up at midnight and and you know i remember the spider-man 2 premiere at the amc and whippy and just being a little shithead kid cutting the line to try to get a good seat like right as the theater let in but anyways that all being said a lot of expectations for this movie huge mcu guy you know bringing back all the villains from the former movies um you know uh, love the two MCU Holland movies or two of my favorite MCU movies. Um, the way that they left off the last movie revealing uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man uh, had no idea where this was going to go. And I will say it, um, they stuck the landing. It, it, it is, um, it is amazing. <laughs> um, uh, what they were able to do in this movie. And I feel like it completely lived up to my expectations and more and, 
is part of that hyperbolic because I'm riding a high coming off of, you know, the premiere of a movie that I've been excited for for a very, very long time. Maybe I'm excited to see the movie again. Um, but I think the movie um, has fantastic performances. Uh, it has a great emotional core. Um, I think its villains are uh, are fleshed out and and analyzed in a way that we got a little bit in those other movies that they popped up in. But in this one, I think it takes really interesting route with them. Um, I think the action sequences are great. There's great Spider-Man moments. There's great MCU moments. Um it's a lot of a movie. It's two and a half hours. There's a ton, a ton jammed into this movie, but I think its pacing is excellent. Um, I never once was bored. Um, it flew by. Like I honestly, when it ended, you just I, I wanted more great character moments. And I just can't say enough good things about how this feels like we were talking when we got out of the movie and, and we'll elaborate on it a little bit. Um but a celebration of, I think, both superhero movies from the past, you know, 20 plus years, um, as well as Spider-Man, a celebration of Spider-Man, a celebration of the MCU. And even weirdly, we've had a lot of MCU stuff, mostly on Disney Plus over the last, you know, two years. But it weirdly felt like the pandemic started right after Far From Home. And this really feels like even a get back to movie theaters moment where, um, you know, say what you want about superhero movies. Um, but I feel like they're here to stay and they're obviously the biggest thing in the world. And I feel like it was so tough to put as much as they did into this movie and make it work. And, uh, I'm surprised that they did. And, uh, I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. It's, it's a film that to your point, you know, with X-Men and Spider-Man, um, kind of kicking off, the early 2000s and reigniting interest in the superhero movies. Um, those are the two franchises that really catapulted Marvel into the film industry. And for better or worse, you know, um, they're, they're here to stay and they've caused quite a bit of debate when it comes to, you know, our you know, superhero movies ruining uh, the theatrical experience. Paul Thomas they, Anderson doesn't believe so. Which I agree with him. <laughs> I, I, I think like any genre, there are good movies and there are bad movies yeah. within, you know, the genre itself. So when it comes to Spider-Man No Way Home, there's an ambition that I think is even greater than Endgame when it comes to looking at the history and legacy of Spider-Man on the big screen and how he's been portrayed um, both as an adaptation, but also represented uh, in performance and in special effects. Uh, and, and I think that John Watts's trilogy is very fascinating because Watts, unlike Sam Raimi, is a filmmaker who doesn't really have the background that Sam Raimi had coming mm -hmm. into the Spider-Man sort of universe where Raimi had the evil dead movies, you know, he had dark man. He was, he, he was kind of an, a, a known entity with sort of uh, horror fans and, and cult movie uh, aficionados where John Watts, had cop cars at it. Cop cars, yeah, and and not that he's not a good filmmaker because obviously the three cop cars Spider a good movie, and and yeah, and it is, but he didn't have the kind of the the gravitas going totally. into the this 
you know, series that Sam Raimi, Sam had, Raimi like, already had like a style and like, exactly. Kind of a, yeah. And he also inspired so many other filmmakers where Watts coming into this kind of felt like, okay, this could go either way. Like th- this could be like, you know, one of those up and coming filmmakers that's plucked out of the, you know, uh, film festival scene, the indie scene. And I still don't really know much about John Watts with the exception of, this trilogy and cop car with Kevin Bacon. And so watching these films, I have to give a lot of credit to him. And I feel like he doesn't get the credit that is owed to him for kind of making this series work and being, whether it be a good sort of journeyman director or just somebody that's able to kind of play with multiple ideas in terms of the mechanics of the script. Um, This is one of, the better MCU movies, obviously, but what I think also it brings to the table is it's generally emotional um, to the point where it's earnestness captures the selflessness of who Spider-Man and Peter Parker is perfect. Absolutely. And And I think when you're watching the movie, you really see Tom Holland sort of fulfill the role of Peter Parker in a way that, it's been there and I think he is the we best. We get it in little moments. Like yes. in the first moment, I mean, not just the Peter Parker, but just, I think that emotional kind of thing that you're talking about of him being, you know, both a kid and Spider-Man, the hero and just a good, a good headed kid. I feel like when he's stuck under the rocks at the end of homecoming, yelling for someone, but then still having the courage to be vulture. And you see that in the second movie against Mysterio too. And yeah, I feel like, um, you're absolutely right that it kind of comes full head in this and he's able to kind of fulfill all of that. Yeah. And then also on top of that, I think, I think a big kind of aspect of this story, a theme that kind of is, is sort of coursing through it is because Spider-Man is so selfless and puts others before, you know, his own needs and his own desires and sort of wants to help everybody that he can, he doesn't ask for help himself. And I think that that is an interesting sort of character beat when it comes to his um, arc and evolution. And Peter, again, is a guy that, you know, has always kind of been solo with the exception of teaming up with the Avengers. So, you know, it's 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 an interesting movie of like, you know, people asking for help and mm-hmm. what they'll do instead of asking for help. And in the case of this, and it's in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. So him going to Dr. Strange to cast a spell that will have everybody forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man is him doing that extreme instead of maybe sort of going from A to B, he goes to A to Z and, you know, he should have gone to, you know, A to Zendaya instead. Yeah. Um, and so that is the stuff I really like about this movie more so than, and also again, just the hangout moments. I think when it takes a little bit of time to breathe, to breathe yeah, and allow for characters, characters to, to interact, interact and talk about things. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It's not just about those big superhero action moments and there's plenty of those and they're all exciting and I think fun. And even if it's retreading villains that we've seen in other movies, but to go back to your point of, Watts kind of building on this version of Peter Parker throughout his trilogy. Like I think we started to see it and you see the seeds planted of how this Peter Parker acts and how he treats the villains in this movie, because 
I feel like even how he treats Vulture at the end of Homecoming and, you know, how he kind of tries to deal with Mysterio before he uh, Mysterio tries to pull a fast one and then ruins his life at the end of uh, Far From Home. Like, I just feel like that kind of then moves into how Peter deals with, you know, these villains coming in from the multiverse here in this movie. And I think that was kind of the one of the more kind of interesting elements and surprising elements that it doesn't kind of go the direction that I expected it to and, and the way that they handle, you know, all of these people coming in from different universes, I think was really interesting and, and stays true to how this Peter Parker would would deal with this. And I think um, that was just really, really inspired and interesting, like that led to a lot of moments that I I wasn't necessarily expecting. And and even for people who have watched the trailer over and over again, I feel like most of that footage you've seen, I think, comes from, you know, the first act of the movie. Um, there's a little bit, obviously, that they they show you from the big battle. But um, that that's what I mean. Like, uh, even if you think, you know, everything that might be in this movie i i guarantee you you will still kind of be like oh that that was an interesting route that they take get, took and and to eric's point there are moments where it's not just action where it's just characters hanging out and characters you're not expecting to hang out and like the interactions between everyone i think is really really interesting and then going back to john watts and you know i think it's really hard to any movie trilogy to kind of put out three very, very solid, you know, entries as well as stick the landing on ending a trilogy of movies. Like it doesn't happen very often. Even masters, like we talked about Chris Nolan on the way home and how, you know, he kind of fumbled with dark Knight rises. And like, we've seen it time and time again, where well, Sam Raimi, um, right? Sam Raimi with Spider-Man three, there's a perfect example. And like, Dig on it's, it's so hard. I mean, um, you know, not the same director, but you go back to, Jurassic Park three and like the second movies are usually either better or a little bit worse or maybe mixed. And then the third one just, it, it kind of never works out, uh, rarely works out. Um, but the MCU uh, has been kind of doing some interesting stuff with their third movies where like you look at Iron yeah. Man three or Thor Ragnarok, where they kind of let the filmmaker, they trust the filmmaker enough to kind of do their own thing because they're so focused on bringing in new properties that they're probably mm -hmm. more hands on with those uh, it's a good it's a good point um but i think they all fumbled in their second films right where yeah. they kind of rebounded with three where i don't necessarily think far from home um you know fumbled at all i know there are some people who don't love it as much but like um i think mysterio is still a fantastic villain and i think what's most impressive is like all three of these spider-man movies feel completely different while staying true to peter parker and spider-man and the classic character like I think, you know, some people's criticism of the MCU Spider-Man and I, I sort of fell in that boat, but I just love the character and I think we needed to do something different because we already had two iterations that were, you know, a pretty classic um, Peter Parker and Spider-Man that like he was never like the New York friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, right? Like each one of his stories, are, it already started off a civil war of being He's in an Avengers fight in Germany in an airport, right? So like he never, it never felt like we got the classic, like just low key, I'm in New York fighting people. Maybe the first movie with Vulture is probably the closest to that. But I love how John wants each one of these movies. One, they got bigger and bigger, but 
um, they feel completely different. Like that first one with that John Hughes kind of high school movie vibe um, that turned into a superhero movie, I think is great. The second movie with the road trip movie going into Europe and having it set there, I think is really interesting. And then you have this third movie that is this giant, you know, end game, uh, like this giant movie that feels like so big with multiverse elements, which the MCU is building up to. And like, um, I think that's, what's most impressive is that to your point, we never really knew of this guy and he's made each one of these movies feel completely different yet having a connective tissue throughout them, which I think is really, really cool. And, um, especially when you have to do things like balancing MCU world building and, Spider-Man world building and just like, you know, the Sony and uh, Disney working together kind of thing and using characters from, uh, you know, both of that, even though you don't own both sides. And and I just it's it's just a it, I you know, it was one of those movies I couldn't stop thinking of. And, you know, it's it's silly superhero stuff, but it is just like an enjoy a super, super enjoyable movie. And if you're a fan of this character, if you're a fan of this version of other versions, you get to see villains from those movies. And it's just like, man, doc, uh, like Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina still got it. Like for those characters, like they, we knew they still had it. They're both great actors still. Um, but them seeing them play those roles again, um, it was just, so, it's so exciting and it's just so much fun. Like, um, just seeing everyone come back, like even having Jamie Foxx come back and, you know, kind of, you know, everyone shits on his version of Electro and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Especially like, that Blu-ray collection um, head bust. Yeah, I hope he gets a head bust for this one, too, uh, which will be even creepier because it'll just look like his actual head. Um, but like just seeing those people come back and reprise those villains i think is is really interesting and and leads for some redemption moments just even from an acting sense um that i thought was really really interesting but um well, i that's, think i think that's a key word here is mm -hmm. is is redemption not only in the characters but in sort of the the franchise and when i say franchise i mean all of spider-man in general because mm -hmm. when you're looking at this as a as a whole um you know, like this is also really good to let people know that, you know, there are variations on adaptations and that, you know, just because certain characters appear in certain franchises and, and then, you know, when it's rebooted or kind of starting from scratch, it doesn't necessarily mean that all these characters are going to start from scratch again. And that's the point of an adaptation where it's like, you take elements from the existing, the pre-existing material and you work with that in a way that serves the story that you're telling. You don't necessarily have to have every single aspect of the world built out. And, you know, you can add things to the material that might not work. And even if it doesn't work, at least you can say, well, you know, they tried something different and then, if you have the chance to come back to it and revisit it in a way that, you know, can kind of point that out or kind of recontextualize it in some ways, I think that that's interesting. And, and, and one that comes to mind that I can talk about is I think the way I'm going to be completely honest. I like Willem Dafoe a lot. He's, he is a great actor, but mm -hmm. I never 
really liked the dual identity of Norman oh, really? Osborn and the Green Goblin because I, I liked it, but I uh, sorry, I'll let you keep going. I didn't like it because the way that they handled it, how they portrayed mental illness. Fair, fair. This recontextualizes that a little bit better in terms of how... It does handle it better and less in a comic booky way. Yes, it's still a comic book movie, so sure. it's not necessarily going deep into... It's not, what, yeah. Exactly what he has. Yes. And like, but in that first film, you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself, okay, so this guy literally is just suffering from a mental illness and Spider-Man is you know, out to, you know, apprehend somebody that is, you know, has maybe more power and affluence than somebody that is suffering in silence, you know, in Mm -hmm. a, a, you know, nine to five job or, you know, is, is struggling just to, you know, keep a a roof over the head or, 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 or being homeless. So like, I think that this movie kind of rectifies some of the problems with, with that character a little bit. Um, and in a way that I think also is, is, more sensitive to um you know mental illness and and health and and i think that that is kind of interesting in itself than just like completely kind of like being like oh it's just like a dual using it as a villainy yeah kind of thing like yeah and i think that's a great point eric and i think it goes back to what i was saying earlier of like what i was most impressed with um like exploring each one of these villains that, you know, we've seen that are in this movie in the trailer with uh, Doc Ock, Electro, uh, Green Goblin, Sandman, um, Lizard. Like I was just impressed to your point of what they do with Goblin in this movie and Willem Dafoe. Like um, they explore each one, maybe not as much as Doc Ock and, and Green Goblin, but like each one kind of gets, you know, an exploration of, you know, how they were handled in their previous movie and what led them to becoming this villain that they are. And I think that was the most interesting part because what I was worried about going in was like, how are you going to balance all this and give each person their moment or make it make sense that, you know, all of these people who have history in other franchises are now fighting you know, this version of of Spider-Man and make it make sense. And like, that's a really tricky thing to do. And then they did that in the, and with, you know, 10 plus years of storytelling of the MCU, they can make it make sense. And you go, okay, I buy into that. But then on top of that, you get this exploration of how those movies handled those villains and how they became who they were and things like that, which I think was um just really really interesting and like and a cool thing like that each villain i think gets a moment where you're like whether it's a funny you know kind of meta joke about themselves or or maybe it is an exploration of what makes them tick or what made them who they are and 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 things like that and then that involves what we talked about earlier with this version of peter parker of um you know there was a a problem in superhero movies where you always had to kill off the villain. Right. And then, you know, a vulture in, in the first Spider-Man movie, I think is one of, there's not very many MCU villains that even make it out of the move, their first movie. Right. And I think that's an interesting exploration that this movie goes into and, um, without saying too much, but, um, what, um, I don't I, I, to say anything negative about the movie. I, I'm not, I'm not sure if I have much negative to say. Like I, I feel like it from start to finish, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the back and forth between, you know, the trio of, of our uh, three leads that we've had with uh, Ned, um, 
Michelle or MJ and, and, and Peter, um, like them all working together right off the bat in this and kind of working as a team to your point, Eric, of, of leaning into that Spider-Man can work on a team kind of thing. Um, the, I guess we didn't talk much about Dr. Strange. Um, I think those elements are pretty cool, but I've never been a huge Dr. Strange guy. Um, I, I, I think the character's fine. I like Cumberbatch as Dr. Strange, but the, even like from the, you know, I know people were really impressed with the visuals from that first movie, which I think are inception adjacent or inspired, um, you get a lot of that in here. I was surprised actually that he's not in the movie as much as I thought he would be, um, which I think is fine because it's obviously not his movie and, and using him, I think is, is smart in this, in the way that it, they, they need him. <laughs> um, but I think Cumberbatch is fine. And I think obviously it's, it's, uh, um, it's leaning into, you know, him being in the next MCU movie. So this is a great setup for that. Um, I think everyone coming back is, you know, I love Marissa Tomei as, as Aunt May. John Favreau being there again is great. Um, uh, Benedict Wong showing up is, is, is great in a small thing too. I think the one weird, I love bringing back the teachers from the high school, but that scene, um, felt just weird. <laughs> like why? It felt like, okay, them? we need to have like, you in this movie because yeah, we had you in the, in the uh, other two. The and like, yeah. So, um, because you don't get much of, of, uh, you know, that high school stuff. Like I, I was just surprised it starts right at the end of the last movie. And even the tone of it is like, and, and I think that's, what's interesting when I said each movie feels completely different, right? Like if you're looking for like a fun Spider-Man movie, it is fun, but in very different ways. Like it is very serious and and feels very melancholy yeah like more end gamey kind of like you know how end game starts and it's depressing with the like and because they just lost an infinity war like that kind of feels how this starts right like it has that vibe of like um like oh man this shit is serious like peter parker's identity was just revealed like his life is about to change and 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 it's not like a fun movie (laughs) like um like in the in the sense of um the first two just being you know that with the the music that they use and kind of that irreverent kind of humor that i really laugh at with the like i will always love you at the beginning of far from home or the you know the news broadcast from those first movie and some of the high school humor like the movie is still very funny and there's great character moments that we talked about and great conversations that are having and you'll laugh or great meta jokes about the franchise history and stuff like that. And there are moments of levity and, and, and fun in the movie. But um, I think to Eric's point of it being emotional and, and stuff like that, like it, it is a, a heavier, more serious kind of Spider-Man movie. But um, I, I, I think it works. Cause again, I feel like each one of these movies feels completely different and they got slightly more serious as Peter's life got bigger and bigger. Spider-Man's, well, got so the more you grow this. up, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's true too. Yeah, point where like you he's know, finishing high school and yeah, he's yeah. moving on to college, and you know, you you have to mature. I mean, you have to grow up. You can't be in this kind of sort of uh, platitude for your whole life. You have to kind of you know uh, move on to the next phase in in who you are as a person, and you know. I think the material understands 
that and is respectful enough to Holland's interpretation of the character to allow him to grow as a person, even though, you know, he Spider-Man, the thing I always like about that character is that, again, he always kind of puts everybody else's problems on his shoulders and has this moral compass that he's always trying to sort of maintain and balance on himself where like, you know, he, he has these expectations that he has to be the one to always do the right Mm -hmm. thing and solve everybody else's problems. And, you know, when it comes to his own, he either puts them by the wayside or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it doesn't really ask for anybody else's help. And I think that that's kind of something that comes into play here quite a bit. I will say in terms of critical um, Mm -hmm. sort of analysis of the film, we'll talk more in, in the spoiler uh, uh, section, but there is something when it comes to blockbuster cinema recently that I'm not the biggest fan of. And sure. I know what you're alluding to, but yeah, (laughs) there's also, I, I, I do think that even though this movie does have some funny moments, I do think that they, they do try to interject humor quite a bit, especially in that, first act with um flash thompson specifically that doesn't always always work yeah no i'm with you yeah and it does take a minute or so to kind of like find its footing again kind of starting from where it does picking up where you know the last spider-man entry left off and and i think once it kind of gets into its groove um it kind of just swings by and it, and it works perfectly for for what it's doing but it does take a little bit of time to uh acclimatize again and i think also there's there's this when you're watching a movie like this and you have certain expectations that you need to kind of let go of in terms of like what the movie is going to be versus what the movie is in your head mm-hmm. you're also wanting to rush through the film and see every sort of major plot development or spoiler be confirmed or denied yeah and when you get to the end of it it's almost like you want to watch it again just to With maybe your, enjoy it a yes. little bit more and and not have to worry about your own expectations coming into play again because now you know what the movie is and you can and you can take it, it in on its, on its level yeah and that's exactly how i feel where i cannot wait to watch this again with like i felt after this movie because again everything i agree with everything you just said with your criticisms as well um i I felt like I went through like a 12 round boxing match at the end of this movie. Like I just felt like exhausted, but like in a good way, like not in the Zack Snyder DC kind of way where I just felt like, okay, this movie that I've been anticipating for years, um, you know, it's the culmination of not only just three amazing MCU Spider-Man movies and just MCU in general, you have Dr. Strange in there, you have other MCU elements, um just a history of superhero movies and just like all these like you said all these things in your head of like i've read so many rumors uh, is this gonna happen what's gonna happen with these villains everything that uh i totally agree with you that you're watching and you're waiting for that next beat or you're like is this person gonna show up is this and then like um and i you know i'm one of those people i'm open to whatever the filmmakers want to present to us, right? Like no matter what I was going to go, I'll take this movie for what it is, even if I have, you know, what I want it to be or what, how I would do it or whatever. Uh, but after the movie, I just, it's one of those movies, like when I think Endgame is the same or, you know, a Batman movie or anything we're anticipating a Tarantino movie, uh, uh, some of our favorite filmmakers, a Scorsese movie. Um, 
Um, it's just like when you're waiting and anticipating something and then it's over with, you both have this kind of like, oh man, it's over. <laughs> like now this thing that I've been excited for is done. And it's just one of those things where, yeah, you're watching it and because of, you're seeing it all for the first time, it's, um, I cannot wait to see it again, knowing exactly what happens and take in some of those other moments and just go in knowing exactly what to expect and, um, and see it with a, a public crowd, I think will be a blast. Cause like, um, it was fun watching it with, you know, a, a press crowd, obviously. And we're, I'm very grateful for, you know, everything we're able to do and see, uh, beforehand to give this to you guys. But, um, I do being a huge MCU fan, like I, I do miss those like Thursday night and just like talking about going to the Spider-Man two opening uh, at midnight and things like that. Like I'm excited to go on Thursday night and see this with a, a public crowd and share it with Nevis. Like um, coming home yesterday was so hard because um, you know, she's like, how was it? And I'm like, I want to tell you everything, but I also want you to like experience it for yourself. Like, and I'm trying to be as vague as we've been in this 33 minutes. Right. Um, we've said a lot without saying anything at all, I think, but um, I just, I, I love this character. I love the MCU. I love movies. And uh, I agree with you, Eric, that like, there's a place for silly, big, you know, convoluted superhero movies. And I think there's a place for, you know, all movies. So like, if you like this, fantastic. If you don't, that's also okay. Um, I love it. Love this movie. Can't wait to see it again. Uh, Eric and I will be doing a spoiler cast. Like we mentioned, I'll hammer that home because I can't wait to go into every detail, post credit scenes, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we will be dropping that on, Friday, the release of Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. So um, after you see the movie, you guys can check that out. Um, I'm struggling. I almost I'm going to do it. I'm giving it a, I'm giving it a five. I just I love uh, I loved it. And it's one of my favorite MCU movies now and not a perfect movie to Eric's point. Like there are criticisms that will go into in, in the spoiler cast, I think. Um, but I I love it and I love this character. So I think it's uh, um, one of my favorite entries in the MCU and uh, we'll see how that changes on rewatches. But for right now I'm riding that high. So I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to give it a four out of five. And I think the other thing as well to also kind of keep in mind, or at least um, uh, give some credit to uh, is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Kicking off all this multiverse stuff in the first place. And I think that movie in terms of its innovation and its style also kind of reinvigorated the superhero genre to a certain extent um, when it comes to just people being interested in it. Because again, this is a almost 20 year genre now that has sustained itself and become kind of event cinema when it comes to blockbuster filmmaking. So when you have a movie like this come out and it has the attention that it does and, and everybody, you know, wanting to go into it and, and see it for themselves, but, you know, talking again about expectations, you think that, okay, well, obviously they're doing something right when it comes to continuing that interest. And I think you have to continually reinvent yourself and figure out new ways to tell stories that are familiar. And that again is why I like adaptations because 
not every adaptation is going to have every character, even when you're world building that you're familiar with. Like, you know, we talk about this all the time when it comes to like fan casting, it's like, Oh, like who would be a great Norman Osborn in, you know, the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man. Well, it, that doesn't necessarily matter all the time. <clears throat> and, and I think that stuff is kind of interesting to kind of dive deeper into when we get into the spoiler cast. So mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a movie that, will benefit from watching on the big screen. I don't know what other film would be as monumental to kind of invite people back to Mm -hmm. the theater or entice people to come back in terms of, again, a big studio um, epic that has a lot of connections in terms of, uh, you know, almost 20 years worth of material to go from. So it's, that is fascinating in itself. And, And I think it works mostly as a standalone movie but it that's the other thing i will say as well that i what i really like about this movie i think that this movie succeeds where ghostbusters afterlife fails when it kind of is taking, celebrating the past and the... it's yeah it, it it still is fan service but it builds on that and it creates something more like it, it takes the bones of what's already existing and kind of fleshes out the material in a way that I felt that Ghostbusters Afterlife never really did. It just kind of was gnawing on what was kind of remaining where this does something a little bit more with what was, what was already there. And I think that that's something worth sort of celebrating. I don't disagree. Um, And quickly your Spider-Verse comment. Yeah. I think that movie ran. So this movie could also run alongside it uh i still think again it, it, it I'm, crawled so this movie could swing swing yeah yeah uh or maybe vice versa but or, or not vice versa but the other way around anyways um i still think spider-verse is my favorite spider-man movie and my favorite um superhero movie of all time but um i will say that like it's hard for this movie not to be like uh, my favorite live action Spider-Man movie. I think Homecoming is close because like I love H- Homecoming so, so much. And maybe we'll talk more about Spider-Man movie rankings in our spoiler cast. Um, but Spider-Verse is just such a special movie that like um, I, I like that. I think that movie is just incredible. And I think this movie is close to that. But um, Homecoming is also very close to that. And Spider-Man 2 is very close to that where all for completely different reasons. But um, I think those three movies, when you talk about Spider-Man um, are just very, very special movies and, and homecoming is close too, just because I feel like that was such a great, you know, introduction to that character and not sort of introduction to a solo movie in the MCU, but uh, we'll talk more on our spoiler cast. So make sure you're subscribed. Uh, if you like the audio version over on podcast services, untitled movie conversations, we will be talking about it there. Or subscribe on YouTube if you want to watch the video version. You can just search for Untitled Movie Podcast and we'll probably pop up in your um, search results there. Um, we'll have tons of other reviews coming out in the next couple of days. We'll have The Kingsman um, and many, many more. I got the whole list here I can pull up for everyone. So I'll vamp for a second, for a second, for a second. What's Nightmare happening? Alley. Nightmare uh, Alley. We have Don't Look Up, which you can go listen to, to right, uh, now. right now. Red Rocket, um, Benedetta. Red, yeah, Benedetta, uh, The Lost Daughter, Night, uh, uh, Licorice Pizza, Being the Ricardos, Tragedy of Macbeth, Matrix Resurrections, uh, Tender Bar, uh, and more. So we'll have tons of other reviews. So Untitled Movie Reviews, which is the channel you're on right now. Or again on YouTube. And we just put up the Untitled Movie Podcast 108, where we talk about the Critics' Choice Awards. 
Um, so the nominations came out, Eric and I vote in the critics choice association. So we, we kind of dissect every category, what we voted for, what got nominated, uh, things like that. So go check that out as well. Um, one-stop shop for everything. Just head over to our letterbox, which is untitled underscore movies. You can get links to all the YouTube videos, all the reviews that we do, our personal channels, our ratings, all that jazz. So go check that out. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at EM6211. Oh, or sorry, I'm jumping right to Twitter already. <laughs> sorry, guys. It's uh, it's 9.06 in the morning. It is really early. Yeah. Uh, RogersTV.com slash CinemaScene. Uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned, on Twitter and social media is at EM6211. Until next time. With great power comes great responsibility.